I'm a giant when I stand Ballin' like the Jets, startin' jersey like the Nets To New York like the Mets, yeah I win like the Yanks Like the past, fill a check, GNT Sports Talk How to show on the net, yeah On myself, yeah I bet, yeah I put blood to the switch, yeah From the east to the west, GNT Sports Talk How to show on the net, yeah All right, what is up, everyone? We have a special edition of Grunt Talk Sports. We are joined by Yankees prospect Ken Waldachuk, one of the top pitching prospects in the organization. Last year, I got to see him pitch a little bit in double A. Of course, I'm joined by my brother Bobby as well. And Ken, what's going on? Thank you so much. Nothing much. Happy to be here. All right, Ken. So let's get right to it. So what would you say has been the most um, interesting part of your off-season training or maybe some challenges you've had during the off-season as you try to get better and prepare for next year? Uh, definitely the most interesting part has probably been the, the command work uh, I've been doing. Um, the on-ramping and like velocity program stuff I did was similar to what I did during the pandemic, but this is my first time actually training command. Uh, so that's definitely been more interesting. Uh, I'll just take video of like every pitch I throw and then I'll like put into a program on the computer on a, where like I'm aiming the pitch and where the catcher set up and then where the pitch actually ends up. And it just spits out like my like average misses per like what batter I'm facing uh, and per pitch. Uh, so that's been pretty interesting. I think. That's a nice breakdown. Um, so I got to interview your good friend, Hayden Wisniewski. I know uh, you guys are very close and he was a great guest as well. So what are some things that you've leaned on with him? I feel like you two have probably helped each other out a little bit. Uh, it's kind of tough. We're kind of, I think usually what most of the stuff we talk about, is like attacking hitters and, uh, more like the mental game rather than, uh, than, um, like say what pitches we're throwing uh, just because of the fact he's like a right-handed like sinker baller and I have more of like a vertical approach uh, left-handed pitcher but we talk more about uh, probably like how to attack hitters like if we're pitching backwards like if I throw this one I gotta throw off that uh, stuff like that. Absolutely so with your um with your pitches do you th- are you more of a velo- velocity or you rely more on your breaking stuff i think it depends what day uh, it is i think if i show up to the field and uh, i'm throwing pretty hard then i'll definitely throw more than my fair share of fastballs um but i think once i got to double a i kind of had to learn that if i show up to the field and i don't have that like velocity i kind of had to learn how to be able to rely on that breaking stuff Uh, and it was like the first time in my life we're all face hitters and i i literally wouldn't throw him a fastball (laughs) Uh, which to be fair, my breaking stuff is better now than it was when I was just throwing fastball. So I think I can get away with that. Um, but yeah, I think it kind of just varies hitter to hitter and what my game plan is that day and like how I'm feeling. So I want to ask you this as a pitcher, what is probably the hardest pitch to learn? Yeah, I would say probably the cutter. Um, Really? trying to think 
of other ones. I mean, obviously you could say like the knuckleballer. Of course, of <laughs> yeah, nothing like that. Um, but no, um, I've heard the cutter is a pretty hard pitch to learn. I saw Hayden learn it. Like he didn't really have one until I think when 2019 he started picking it up, and then 2021 at the end he was really relying on it. Um, but the work he put in every day was like to be able to throw that pitch consistently was pretty unreal. Um, and then from talking, uh, I work out with a uh, Vidal Nuno who was back for the Yankees back a couple of years ago. And he said he learned a uh, Mariano's cutter. And it's, he said it took him a full season, like the Venezuelan league, just to, just to be able to throw it. So I feel like that's just one of those pitches where like you need like a lot of feel and like you got to practice a lot just so in the game situation, you can really just execute it. Hayden talked about the cutter too. Uh, we got into a nice discussion about that, like talking about the good old Mariano days, of course, saying how he leans on his get out of jail free card at times. Um, I think it's a great pitch, obviously. You could break the bats. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a strikeout, but you can get that weak contact you need too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a double edged sword where it, I feel like it's the hardest pitch to throw, but I also think it's one of the best pitches in baseball. So are you working on any other pitches in your breaking stuff, trying to add a little bit of juice? So, um, I just learned a, a slider last year that a lot of guys in our organization picked up. Um, so I think I'm going to try to refine my command on like all four of my pitches before I pick up a, a fifth pitch if, uh, if I need it. So what else do you throw besides the slider and the fastball and you're working on the color? What else you got? Uh, so I'm, Right, I'm fastball, slider, changeup, and a like kind of slurvy curve, I guess. There you um, go. So yeah, my curve used to be my slider before that one, um, but it had like a little too much vertical break. So I kind of just play around with that, and like I can like manipulate it to like be more curvy or more like horizontal, based on like if I'm ahead or behind the count. Uh, and then I'll throw the changeup too, uh, with like the I guess it's technically like a Vulcan change. Uh, and then, yeah, and then that slider and then the fastball. Now, uh, pitching, who is probably the hardest batter you face to get out? Like every time you go up against him, like he's just one of the toughest guys to go up against. Um, I'm trying to think of someone I face consistently. You can uh, give us like a group of that. Yeah, helps. you could. You yeah, you oh, a group. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Tristan Costas was always a good. That's a great one. That. He like battles a lot. Like you get him to two strikes and he just won't go down. Uh, so definitely him. Uh, Valera with the Indians was another guy that just really good bat to ball skills. Um, I think, uh, and then. I'll say the last one was probably uh, also from the Indians was Rockio. The guy just hits fastballs really well, and so you kind of have to execute your game plan. But if you throw off speed and you hang it and he's looking for it, he'll hit that as well. So probably those those three were probably the, the hardest ABs for me. So I do want to ask you this because you are a part of the Yankees organization, and how does it feel – to be a part of an organization that quite frankly is one of the greatest in not only in baseball, but in all of sports, like you're a part of the 
the youth of it. You're a part of the future of the Yankees. How does that feel? It's pretty awesome. Um, I mean, I growing up like the Yankees were like so like really good and like the uh, I mean, you walk around anywhere and you can like even when I was in Costa Rica, you walk around and people are wearing Yankees gear. Right. So <laughs> it's like a like it's a probably the, one of the biggest like worldwide worldwide uh, brands out there as a team and like the history that they have, like it's just awesome to hopefully be able to like contribute to that someday. Yeah. I think you're on your way. You had a good season last year. Um, You threw with 139 innings and you had a 212 strikeouts in your minor league career, which is impressive. Last year you had around 170. ERA is looking pretty good. I know you had a nice finish to the year at double A. So I would say you're definitely on a nice track. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so speaking of that, I will ask about double A and triple A. Do you know, like, or have any expectations of where you might start next season? Um, I mean, I'm just trying to look. I'm trying to kind of just be as good of a pitcher as I can and just see where I end up. Uh, don't really have too much say over any of it, so kind of just looking at like a process and like being as good as I can be. Yeah, that makes good sense. I know Hayden told me you guys are going down to Tampa soon. I don't know if you're going to be going when he goes, but he said he's going down like next week. Uh, I know major leagues are locked out, but that doesn't affect you guys, thankfully. Yeah, we're leaving. Um, I believe we're going for a camp next week. So, yeah, we're going to be rooming together down there. Uh, so that'll be definitely fun. Absolutely. So, you know, once you get down, get down there, um, what, when you start spring training, what is the mindset? You just, it's a, you know, the off season, you're just getting back to it. What is, how do you get your mind back into it to get started up for the season? Um, I, I don't know if there's really a, a switch for it. So kind of like the last couple of weeks of the off season before I know I'm going to report, I kind of, start trying to get into that, like, that mindset of, like, all right, like, kind of, like, get into that training program and programming, like, everything about what you're going to do, about what day you're going to throw, and kind of focus less on, like, say, like, numbers in the weight room and more, like, on, like, how well you're executing and whatnot on the mound. Uh, So it's kind of like a shift of – it's like a gradual shift of focus um, as you go, like, from, like, the offseason to, like, spring training. And I think there's like where you like, you work out all the rough patches and then hopefully by season you're ready to just go out and perform. What is um, going into the season this year? What is your, what is something that you really, you're working hard to achieve? Like what's your number one goal? Uh, I guess the biggest goal kind of, kind of stealing the hitting departments, hit strikes hard motto, but I guess throw, throw more strikes harder. Uh, so just try to get my average velo up a little bit and then limit the walks, uh, walks per nine were kind of, kind of high last year compared to my career. So I think that's what, I think the command work I've been doing so far is going to hopefully pay off and I'll see like better results. Absolutely. Absolutely. The buildup's always so fascinating when it comes to spring training. So I think it's a long time to, um, get yourselves going. It's good that the pitchers get that work in early. So 
I'm going to ask this question now. So Hayden's been a good a guy you lean on. So who are some other pitchers you think um, that we need to be looking out for this season? Uh, definitely our organization. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are already on the 40, man. So I'm trying to think of like, <laughs> I mean, JP and uh, Ron are obviously candidates for that. They were just both. JP has like a rising fastball, that new slider, good change. Ron is that outlier change up and he's throwing like mid nineties. Let's see some other guys probably. Uh, trying to think more under the radar. My bad. It's all right. You don't even have to be under the radar. Maybe you can even talk about some of the 40 man guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's obviously those two. Um, some other guys I played with, I think Sean Boyle, uh, Definitely, especially after after the year he had last year. Uh, I think this year he's really has an opportunity to show what he can do and like repeat that success. Uh, he was like, he was like his below started spiking near the end of the year. He had a great slider and he's just really smart when it comes to like all that pitching stuff. So like he understands all of like how like the ball that releases and like creating movement. Uh, so let's see another guy probably. Uh, Mitch Spence, uh, also a roommate, so I might be biased. All right. <laughs> but he has, like, a gross cutter. Uh, and when he debuted with us in Pulaski, he was, like, 96 to 98 uh, with his four seam, and then his cutter was, like, 93, 95. So I think if he can, like, get back to that and he has a slider to work off that, and he was developing a change before he got promoted. So if he has something that can like he, if he has like two pitches that can go to like the left and then one that goes and like rides vertical and then another one that fades to the right i think he can he can definitely uh be put on the radar now ken i want to ask you growing up who did you look up to and who did you want to emulate to play baseball like who was like your favorite baseball player favorite baseball player was probably uh khalil green that's uh, interesting yeah, I actually grew up a Giants fan, but just going to all, like, those Padres games and seeing um, just, like, the passion he had for the game and, like, the plays he would make, and it seemed like he always came up in the clutch. So it's kind of like all that that kind of combined. How – um now, being from San Diego, uh, going to Padres games, what was it – what was the atmosphere like out there? I never – really talk to anyone from uh san diego going to padres games been there for a tour but petco park and correct me if i'm wrong it was petco park back then too right still it was always uh uh it was qualk they did share it with qualcomm uh, oh they did okay but they moved but i was like probably four or five years old <laughs> uh when they moved to petco so i don't really have any memories unless it's at petco park um, what was your, what was your greatest memory at petco memory try to think a lot of the games i went to growing up uh they had a little wiffle ball field outside left field mm -hmm. so we'd usually just pay for these like five dollar lawn seats and then <laughs> i would end up just playing wiffle ball all day until they shut it down like the seventh and then pay attention <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's fun but um probably just because i started paying attention around this seventh or eighth inning i'd probably say 
the most fun like memory would be uh like watching Trevor Hoffman to come in to close those games. Just because like the place like starts going nuts and like the Hellbells like walk up. Right. Like song was just pretty cool. So <laughs> that was probably the best memory. Absolutely. Echo Park's one of my favorites. I remember seeing that stuff when I was younger too. I went to a game when I was smaller out there. We went together for the winter meetings and saw it better. They have a lot of cool things to do there. It's definitely very kid friendly, that's for sure. Mm. So I'll go back to another one of your teammates, son. I also told this to Hayden too, and you heard it by now, I'm sure. Anthony Volpe said you're one of the toughest hitters, I mean, pitchers to face, and I'm sure you feel that way about him at the plate. So what are your thoughts on Volpe and maybe some of the other guys on the offensive side of the plate? Yeah, Volpe's Volpe's good. Um, Even it's probably the first time uh, he got drafted, he was facing live ABs, and you see him him hitting in, like, to put some perspective on it, like, as a high school hitter, like, you see someone throwing 88, like, you're like, man. Like, I got to be on time. Uh, in his first first live ABs, he was facing uh, Nelson Alvarez, who was drafted, I want to say in the late, like, teens. But he was the closer for USF, and he had touched, like, 100 in college that year. Wow. Which, Wolfie was, like, still putting up these, like, pretty competitive at-bats. Um, but Alvarez, I think, got the best of him a couple times, and his dad, like, turned around to us. <laughs> in the stands and he said uh he's says that guy throwing pretty hard like <laughs> um but yeah he definitely especially after that 2020 season he put on so much muscle and you could tell playing with him in Pulaski like he had such a high baseball like you uh he was like 18 at the time but his like internal clock it, like and it the way he just like pays attention during the game and like he'll like note what a pitcher's doing like he's just very very smart um so once he like got the physical tools to like keep up with that, like I think he's going to be a problem for a lot of years. I'm uh, very excited for him. Yeah, some other guys on the offensive play or part of the part of the play. Um, Brandon Lockridge definitely put together some great abs. Um, whenever he was healthy, it was like the guy would come up and just mash. Like I wouldn't be surprised if his like OPS on the season was over a thousand he was good i went i I did watch him a few times i got to see some somerset games he's definitely stood out to me obviously oswald Peraza does too but lockridge is kind of goes under the radar i feel like he's a good player though yeah Peraza was ridiculous too um especially having him behind me at short like for a lot of high a and then in double a was just super nice having that like kind of security blanket like a ball gets hit near shore, like oh, it's a that's an out, <laughs> and then at the plate too. Like he just, I think what he hit like three hundred with like hit for power too, and stole like a ton of bases. Yeah, his numbers are really good across the board for us. That he might be up pretty quickly at this rate. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts in Triple A, especially because Volpe is starting in Double A this year. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, especially. The other thing too is like how good they are for how young they are. Like, uh, like when I was like that age, I'm like, man. Like, compare putting it in like retrospect. Like, I'm like, man, when I was that age, I wasn't even close to like <laughs> that level of success and like baseball IQ. 
they're both they're both impressive. He stole 38 bases too. So he's got the whole yeah. package, defense, hitting, speed. He's got everything you want. So we have a lot to look forward to with him. I want to take you back to draft night. And now I see you were a fifth-round pick in 2019. I think I want to say Hayden was a sixth-rounder. You guys got drafted the same year. Am I correct? Yeah. Oh, so what was the experience like that day, like getting the call from the Yankees and stuff? And then, like, what happens after that, like, once you were with the organization? It's pretty awesome. Uh, like, kind of had to wake up a little early, uh, just like <laughs> for some calls and get breakfast before it. Um, I didn't really know where I was going to get drafted, um, just because I was like rated rate a little higher my sophomore year and kind of fell my junior year. But towards the end of the season, I started like figuring it out again. Um, so I didn't know if like that late, like rise in velo and like strikeouts and like numbers and stuff would like have a team reach for me or but finally getting that call like and having like it was almost like nerve-wracking just sitting there and seeing people's names called <laughs> so like having sitting there and getting that call and like seeing your name pop up and like your phone just blows up like everyone congratulating you it was, it was pretty awesome That, that is pretty awesome. I do want to ask you about what your opinion is on uh, Albert Abreu. I actually – I haven't seen him throw too much. Um, just because 2019 when I got drafted, he was already uh, – he was already playing affiliate. And then 2020, I was only there. I think – I don't know if I ran into him there. <laughs> so 2021 would have been like the only year. And I think he was – I think he was at the alternate – or he was in big league camp that year too, but I've he seen will, his stuff on video. It's it, it looks for real. Absolutely, yeah, it does. He, uh, I'll tell you this: the Yankees are very smart with who they bring in as pitchers, and obviously, the, how good you've been doing is is evidence of that. So, um, I do want to ask you: you know, pitching bullpens, and every, when you do a bullpen session before a game, uh. Can you tell during your bullpen session if you know that you might not have your best stuff today? Uh, kind of yes and no. So usually those are the games where, like, I'll be in the bullpen like, man, I don't have anything. <laughs> and then you just go out for the first inning. It's like one, two, three. And you're like, oh, <laughs> all right. And then the next, <laughs> yeah, next thing he comes out and you're like, all right, I'll try this. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, that worked too. <laughs> Before you know it, you're like five or six innings in. You're doing good. But then it can be on the other hand, too, where you're in the pen. You're like, man, this is going to be a career day. And before <laughs> you know it, it's the third inning and you're, and you're out of the game. <laughs> I've heard that, too, like both sides of the story when it comes to the bullpen stuff. Like either it can be the reverse of what you actually think happens. Like I think David Wells or like Cone having one of the worst the bullpens ever and they threw like the perfect game or something. Yeah, like I remember – like, for example, like that Richmond start, I think I had where I had like somewhere like 10, 11 strikeouts. I was like throwing the bullpen and I was like sitting like 88 and off speed was everywhere. And I was like, this is going to be a tough day. <laughs> and I went out and I think I gave up a home run like the second or third. And then I cruised until like the eighth. But then I had a game where I was sitting like 94 in the pregame pad. Like slider was like almost up to like 25 inches of break like 
everything was good and I made it four innings, I think. That's that's really interesting. It's good to get both sides of the story, though, to see how things can vary out of the bullpens and stuff. Yeah, baseball is one, one crazy sport. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen out there. I know everyone's all focused on the analytics and stuff. I guess I might as well just go there now. So how much do you use the analytics and what you do? I know Hayden uses them a little bit. I know Sean Boyle's huge with them. He's, like, obsessed with them from what Hayden told me. So I'm curious how you look at them. I think they definitely, definitely are good. Um, I think understanding that kind of helps you uh, create, like, a pitch arsenal. Um, so knowing, like, if, like, say my fastball goes like this, then I want something to also go like this. And then if I can get a changeup to go like this and a pitch, like maybe a cutter or something or a slider with like good lift to go like this, like then you can actually start to like game plan. And that's when you start learning how to pitch. Um, and then the analytics and everything is like what tells you like, all right, if I'm spinning the ball this way, it should move this way or it should move this way. Uh, so I think that's the one of the biggest things. Uh, the other thing is like we'll have a – we have like a software that shows like velo movement and location. So you might like have a game where like, say you get like hit around or something and you go, you're like, all right, what did I do wrong? Like, and you look at like the, the numbers after, and it could be like, all right, like that pitch was middle, middle and it was awful. And it was in a bad count to throw that pitch. So that's why I got hit. And the analytics will reflect that. But say you give up, say you execute like three Oh two pitches to different hitters and they're all blue pits like then the analytics will be like no like that's just unlucky like if you stick with that you'll get results like in the long term so i think that's like those are the two big uses for them absolutely uh, in terms of with me i'll tell you how i feel analytics you know if i i understand they're in sports for a reason and you know they do help in a way but also I will, and this goes into my question. Do you think that sometimes you just got to go with your gut and sometimes analytics, if you overthink it, it could either, it could cost you a game in a big way. Oh yeah. Uh, I think there's, it's kind of like a 50, 50 thing. Like, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm not, I don't know too much analytics in terms of like, say taking pitchers out and putting in relievers and whatnot, or I just think of it more as like, um, more of like a post performance review and like uh, designing pitches. Um, but I think definitely even like when you're talking about throwing pitches to hitters, like you can throw a pitch and say like, it's like this guy can't hit a fastball or something, the scouting report, or he can't hit a fastball that has good break at the top of the zone. You throw it and like, he like fouls it straight back or like pulls it down the line. You're not going to, you're not going to go back to it. Um, obviously. Or say you're in a like a couple times, my slider wasn't like favored against righties, but you're in a battle with a guy like two two, like one two, and the guy's just fouling off everything. You're like, all right, well he's seen my fastball five times, he's seen my change up like three or four, and he's spat on my curveball a couple times. Like it says not to throw the slider, but if you throw the slider, the hitter might not think that's on the scouting report, and that could be a way to like get him out, even though analytics might like suggest like that you don't throw that. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's hit or miss for me. I, I'm a type of guy who, you know, I understand they're there for a reason. 
it's a huge, and especially in baseball, um, analytics today, you know, if, uh, depending on if you're going to swing, if at a certain point in the game when you shouldn't, or you're going to throw this pitch at a certain point in the game to me, I'm just the type of person with, you know, going with your gut. If you feel that, you know, you, for example, um, in baseball, you, you're going to analytics say, if you pitch, they have someone on second. I mean, um, this is probably a horrible, uh, example, but I'll try my best, uh, you know, have someone on second base and, you know, analytics say with two outs, if you throw, if you throw to them 50, 50, you'll get, I I know it's horrible, but in a way, like, yeah, if you're going to pitch to somebody with the base, you could walk the bases loaded, or if you're with two outs and you have runners on second and third and you pitch to them, it's 50, 50 with me, it's going with your gut. It depends on the hitter for me. That's the way it seems. But uh, and the trust in your pitcher, but I'm just analytics to me. I feel like, and I know it's everyone has their opinion. To me, I feel like they, in a way, kind of they take away from big parts of the game, and they kind of ruin uh, sports in a way. But I understand why they're there. Yeah, like there's definitely a balance uh, yeah. between like going with them and going against them. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Hundred <clears throat> percent. So I will ask you this, Ken. Um, this season, um, going into it, how excited are you? I know with uh, Major League Baseball, there's a lock. I will ask you about that with the lockout. Do you think that the players will come back sooner rather than later? A deal will get done, in your opinion? Um, I mean, I hope they do. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know too much about the situation. Um, But yeah, I think I have to think like, especially with like all the popularity that the NFL gets, especially with how crazy the playoff games have been there uh, and like how popular basketball has become that baseball really can't afford to start late again, especially after 2020. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, it's a tough situation. We're just hoping they get it off in time. I mean, it looks like spring training is probably going to be delayed for the majors, but they can still get in that 162. But it's a tough situation. No one really knows what's going to happen right now. Even though they've gained some momentum, they're still a little bit away from making a deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's done sooner, sooner rather than later. I haven't seen when they're supposed to meet again, but the fact that they met back-to-back days the last time, I think is a step in the right right direction. That, that is huge considering the fact that they went like a month plus without meeting at all. So we're taking baby steps, but I feel like we're yeah. getting closer and closer. They're making it painful, but we'll, I think we'll get there. I'm holding out confidence in that. Definitely. So let's go back to Pulaski. I know you've been talking about that a little bit. So tell me what your experience down there was like. I'm also curious if you've gotten the cross pass of Rachel Balkovic. I know she was focused on hitting more, but I'm interested in that. Uh, yeah, Pulaski was a – this is like a really awesome field. Uh, it was like my first time kind of playing in front of like a crowd, uh, being, playing college baseball in like private school in California. Uh, I think our only, only power – our only SEC team we played was Vandy. Um, but it was week two of the season and it was like four, it might've been like 30 degrees out. So no one, uh, no one's going to show up to that. 
Um, so it was like kind of my first time playing in front of like thousands of people. Uh, so it was definitely super cool, like big old like jumbotron in like left field, and it had like a pitch radar clock too. Uh, definitely, but yeah, it was super fun. It was like my first time just being able to focus on baseball, like just not to worry about class or anything. Or <laughs> I'm not sure what else. Uh, just purely focused on baseball. And uh, as far as Rachel, I. I've definitely like said hi to her when not uh, walking, walking around. I know the hitters have a, a lot of like respect for her. Um, but yeah, I haven't really talked to her too much about like hitting or whatnot. Yeah. Now I'm, I guess I'll speak to that too. Do you try to pick the hitters brain too and see like what they're seeing from your pitches also, or are you focused on working more with the pitchers in the organization? Uh. I would pick some hitters brains like in the, in the dugout. So like, say like a count was going to happen or it was like one, two. And I'm like, all right, like, is like this pitch in the back of your mind or like, where are you, where are you looking for? Or say it's like one, one. And I'd be like, all right, like if you're the hitter, like, what are you thinking here? Uh, just stuff like that, but nothing, nothing too crazy though. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I'll feed off of that. You know, uh, uh, with Rachel Balkovic, in your opinion, do you think that with what the Yankees did hiring her, you know, she's going to you feel she's the right person? Well, what she's her being hired is just awesome. I think that's great. And I will say this, in your opinion, do you think she has what it takes one day to be the manager of the New York Yankees? Uh, I think uh she could um i think right now when she was hired as like the low a manager i think she was definitely like overqualified uh to say the least to manage that team um but i think it'll be pretty cool to see her like lead all those like younger prospects and like kind of just take them under her wing and just yeah move up the ladder with them yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, she had, she's great. I think she's going to do great in her position right now. And do you, now, do you think the players are going to feed off of that? Like her being on there, everyone, all the players are going to really, really uh, play hard for her. Like they're really excited about this. Like what's a player's perspective into this hire? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I don't know too many of the, like the, the younger guys there. Um, but definitely the guys that I've talked to, uh, say like at the high like double A level, like have a ton of respect for like they think she like knows what she's talking about. They listen to what she says. Like I think yeah, like I think there could be some like hype too, like for those players like being on that team, like that they want to perform like to make her look really good as well as like, as themselves as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm really excited to see the future and what's going on with everything. I really am. Yeah. So I'll go to more levels. So Hudson Valley, you dominated. I see seven starts. You shut them down completely in 30 innings and 55 strikeouts. They moved you out of there pretty quickly. So what was your Hudson Valley experience like? Uh, Hudson Valley was, uh, I mean, obviously it was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of, it's my first time actually being in New York, um, which I know it's not New York City, um, 
but like being like in the place in general. So I kind of like got to go out and like have all their food. The pizza was like amazing there. Oh yeah. Uh, of course. And I got really addicted to uh, having like bagels probably like every oh. other day there. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, from man. the area too. I'm close to Hudson, like 40 minutes yeah. away. So yeah, there's some really good bagel shops there and I mean, hate am I taking that a little too serious? And he started eating bagels like five times a week after <laughs> after that. And I was like, dude, it's like, no, we got to go somewhere else. <laughs> um, bagels are addicting. But yeah, yes, it was pretty are. cool. Uh, it's like a first time playing on a turf field too. So that was kind of new. Uh, there's a couple cool hikes by the field that we went to on off days. Uh, overall, it was just a pretty cool uh, experience. So speaking of off days, what's some fun stuff you guys like to do outside of baseball? Like just like eating food like that, like hiking, like what are some of your hobbies outside of baseball? Uh, my biggest hobby is surfing. So in season, I kind of put that to the side. Oh, wow. Um, just because I would probably, get, well, even if I was able to go, I'd be pretty sore. And uh, yeah, plus there's not too many beaches close. <laughs> <laughs> not for us. Um, <laughs> let's see some yeah a lot of things would be like catching up on sleep uh hiking um not too hard of trails but you know pretty easy ones uh just so we're not too sore the next day uh we'd see movies sometimes uh we'd be like the only people in the movie theater but (laughs) (laughs) uh but it's still pretty fun uh just stuff like that uh i actually ended up having the the Tuesday start day for the last couple months of the season. So I usually had to like wake up and like throw, like kind of stay sharp uh, for that night, for that Tuesday start. So being a, being a surfer out there in San Diego, um, let me ask you this. Is there um, off topic from baseball, you know, in the off, like the water, the beaches out in San Diego, is this true? The water's not always warm all year round. Oh no, it's it's pretty cold, especially in the <laughs> in the off season. You definitely need like a wetsuit to like keep you warm. Uh, I want to say I don't know exactly how cold it is, but I would say like in the in the fifties. Mm-hmm. That's uh, because uh, when Ju- when uh, Julian and I went to San Diego, he told me this because I was like, oh, one day we should head up the beach, and it was in December, and he's like, listen, in California, the water being cold all year round—that's a myth yeah no it the water gets like decently warm in the summer but uh yeah in the winter you it's hard to make it um yeah san diego <laughs> san diego is not as bad but the further north you go like i tried going to the beach without a wetsuit in san francisco oh, like in november oh geez and yeah it was i made it 20 minutes in the water and <laughs> nothing was going on it was just cold and it, oh, God. Like, San, San Francisco's like always cold. <laughs> yeah. No, it definitely doesn't get nearly as warm as it does down down here. And um, you know, as Julian alluded to, you know, on your off days, you guys hanging out, seeing movies and stuff like that, you know, how important do you think it is to on off days that you bond with your teammates? How important do you think that is? That's a good question. I think it's pretty important yeah um i think it's 
just as important just to kind of take a break from baseball and like make sure that you don't get burnt out on a, the season. Um, but it's definitely super important to like be able to do that. And then you show up to the field the next day and like, you can like talk about it and it's like creates memories. And then, yeah, just, it's awesome. I agree with that hundred percent. The team bonding is really important. Bobby and I did play sports and obviously as far as you went. So <laughs> go back to, yeah, we made it through high school. But to go to Double A in Somerset, that's a great area. I really enjoy that ballpark and stuff. And I think you kind of alluded to it before. I think you said that was the first time you couldn't really just rely on the fastball. And Hayden told me that that was the hardest transition too. So how do you feel about your transition to Double A? Uh, yeah, I thought it was like kind of the first time I like struggled uh, as a pro. Um, which my fastball velocity was down towards the end is like I kind of got more tired out it being like my first professional season um, and the like movement profiles weren't as good uh, so I'm hoping this next year if I like start there triple a um, that'll be able to rely on my fastball more than I was able to last season uh, now that I've fixed a lot of stuff um, no. but yeah I think Overall, though, the transition just taught me a lot about, like, the game of, like, baseball and, like, learning how to pitch to, like, different guys. Yeah, because Tristan Cassis is a great example. That's, like, one of the top prospects in baseball. Like, you see a lot of highly talented guys up there. I mean, in A-ball, you will, too. It just takes some time to go through the system. But as you get closer, double-A begins a lot of rehab assignments, like Sevy, Corey Kluber. Like, a lot of notable guys end up going through double-A. Yeah, and especially with, like, I, like, tell, like, friends, like, about that league, too. And I'm, like, man, like, you got, like, the Pirates who are, like, rebuilding and their double-A team stacked. You got the Orioles who had, like, probably, like, three top 100 prospects on that team. That team's loaded. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's, like, every team you face, like, they probably have at least one top 100 guy. Or if they don't, like, they're just stacked from top to bottom. Uh, so I feel like you can succeed in double-A, especially in the Northeast League, like, you should be able to find success in AAA and hopefully the show. That's a good point. I think you brought up a good point too about builds up because 2020 you didn't pitch at all during competition really. So it had to be tough. I could see why you get tired last year and you threw over a hundred innings, which is the most in your pro career, obviously after not throwing anything the year before. So I agree with what you said. I think this year things should go better in terms of your stamina because you'll have a hundred in your belt. You could build on top of that. I saw your fastball topped out in 98, I want to say. Is that correct? Yeah, that was uh, right before spring training. Uh, I had a day where uh, I think I averaged like 96, topped 98.2, uh, which I didn't get on the pocket radar field, of course. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think that was my hardest pitch I threw that, that, that off season, And then spring training, I was like up to 97 a couple times. Wow, that's that's uh, I you know I want to ask you uh something off um baseball. Did now on off days do you play uh MLB the show? I used to be really good at it. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially over the pandemic when there's no season and no sports on TV. Yeah. I was taking it pretty seriously. I think I <laughs> I want to say, like, my see, 
I played like the first like rank season. I went like 40 and five or something. <laughs> I like made the world series. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like the only game I played in high school too. So I think I've been ranked like inside the top thousand before, but playing baseball, like you just don't really have as much time to game, uh, especially in season. And then you can't really like play baseball all day and then go home and play baseball and video games and then go to sleep and then repeat it. <laughs> on a consistent basis. So definitely not as good as I used to be, but it's definitely a fun game. Absolutely. So I will ask you, are you a um, football fan? I'm assuming from San Diego, are you a Chargers fan? Uh, I'm actually, I was more of like a Bay Area fan. So like Warriors, uh, Niners. Well, oh, so, game this well you got a big game this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. yeah, no, I was, I was hoping the Buccaneers were going to win and I'd just fly out early. To be able to catch that game at Tampa Bay, I was I was there. Oh, I was wow. there for that yeah, game. That, that was uh, <laughs> that was uh, probably the craziest game I've ever been to in my entire life. Yeah, I wish I wasn't even watching. I wish I would. <laughs> <laughs> I turned it. I turned it off after they got stopped on fourth down in uh, like the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I checked my phone like later, and they were like they lost and like. What was it? They lost on like a forty-yard completion. It was it was legitimately the game. Yeah, it was like literally a forty-yard completion, and literally the guy was wide open, burned the guy. There's no safety over the top, so yeah, they and they had four seconds, uh, spiked the ball, and then they ended up kicking a game-winning field goal. I I still don't understand how that transpired after the uh, Buccaneers came back from twenty-seven to three. I just don't I don't understand how it was possible. Yeah, it was it was nuts. It was a great weekend of football. And I'm happy you brought up the point of baseball going against that because I feel like that's almost inspired them in a way because all of a sudden they start meeting back-to-back days. Like, they know football is getting all the headlines. They're like, we can't, like, fall behind the eight ball here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that was a crazy weekend too because it was the – trying to think of the first game. But it was like – it was almost like every game kind of, like, built off the next one. Yeah, it was like, like each, yeah, each play, it was all like deciding the last play. It was Bengals, Titans, and we had Packers, obviously 49ers. And yeah. then Chiefs, Bills just topped it all off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was insane. Crazy week of uh, sports. Trust me, since uh, talks of the lockout with baseball, you know, football has been even well, – I love football, but it's a huge, you know – get your mind off of things. That was just what a, what a weekend to just get your mind off of everything. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If that was good play football, we also had the Caribbean series going on right now. So we're trying to tune into that as well, because we're looking for our baseball fix. Uh, but the great thing is no matter what happens, we will have minor league ball. I'm going to try to get down to Somerset. And if you end up going the triple A, I'm going to try to get there too. I didn't do Scranton last year, but We'll see what happens. Yeah, it should be a fun year. Uh, especially with, like, how short the offseason was. It, it's going to be, like, interesting to see, like, how this year is going to compare to last season when uh, when we had the entire year off. Yeah, it's going to be a lot different, I would say. I think it's going to – I think this year, if they start on time, well, you guys will be set regardless, obviously. But if they start on time, I think it's going to be a great season. Yeah, especially to start the season, I feel like everyone might be more polished. It's going to be a lot harder competition. It should be should be pretty fun. 
help, especially for you guys, because you got the minor guys couldn't play a lot last the year before. So now everyone's kind of like fresh. Exactly. So I'll stick to double A. I know Julio Mascara had a good impact, positive impacts on a lot of players. What was your experience like with him? Yeah, he was awesome. Um, it's kind of trying to think of some other examples. Um, but he was just like super passionate. Like he'd go to war for us. Uh, he like understood. Like I mean, he's been in the game so long that he understands like the ins and outs of it. Like he understands like pitch calling, being formerly being like a catcher, all that. And then like even like say I had a rough outing like at the end of the year. Uh, where it just ballooned my year. <laughs> um, even despite my stuff being like the best, it was all year also. And he like calls me into his office and I'm like, oh boy, this is, <laughs> I was like, this is it. Uh, he's just like, yeah, like, listen, like days like today are going to happen. Like you can have your stuff and still get hit around. Like that's just the name of the game. But like, you just got to make sure that you focus on like finish strong. Um, and just not, like, get to your head because, like, your stuff's way too good to, like, perform like that, like, consistently. That's uh, the thing. Just, it was just nice to, like, hear that from him and kind of, like, help me, like, get over that game. That's the thing with baseball that's so tricky. Like, you, you have your best stuff and you get hit hard, and then sometimes – and then sometimes you have, like, bad stuff and then you get out of it somehow. Like, you can get weak contacts on good stuff and then, like, it's a lot of fluky things that can happen when you're – especially for pitchers. Like, I feel like it's – every day it's, it's different, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, besides Julio or, like, maybe someone else in baseball, who is your biggest influence throughout your career? Maybe, like, family, friends, like, anyone you leaned on consistently throughout your baseball career? Um, Probably my dad, honestly, uh, if I ever wanted to, like, play. He was there, uh, paid for, like, all our travel ball in, like, high school and went on showcases trying to get seen, get offers. Uh, he's like, paid for my college so I could, like, walk on at St. Mary's and have that opportunity to, like, try to get drafted out there. And he just taught me, like, a good work ethic, so probably him. Now, uh, one of my last questions for you is um, what advice would you give to – a high school pitcher that's, you know, going to college or if he's good enough and has a chance to be in the draft, what advice would you give uh, a player trying to, you know, be where you are? Uh, I'd say the number one thing would just be like, be consistent with everything you do. Right. Um, so like pick out a plan and like, just follow it. Um, like you'll see guys that like will struggle like doing that. And they'll like, be like, Oh, like I wanted to, I wanted to play catch today, but uh, I had to go golfing with my friends or, or there was a really fun pool party. So <laughs> I went to, I went to that instead of like hitting the weight room or something, uh, which there's a time and place for all that. But I'd say the number one thing would just be like, make sure that you're getting, pick a plan, follow and make sure like you're just sticking to it, like working out, like, and just do, trying to do whatever you do, whether it's like get bigger, get, Gain weight, lose weight, throw harder, uh, anything. Absolutely. That's great advice. Thank you so much. Do you have any other questions, yeah. brother? 
I think, uh, I think I'm, uh, you know, you know what, I will ask you this, you know what, um, the season comes back in your opinion, do you think that this Yankees team, after they add a few, uh, players, you think that the Yankees are a super, uh, world series contending team? I think they always are, honestly. Um, especially with like the talent that they have. Um, it will be interesting to see what they do after the lockout. Um, but yeah, I can't see how they really can't be with like the arms that they have. And even the lineups just terrifying thinking about with like judge standing Gallo, <laughs> just those big three, uh, in the lineup. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll stick with that in terms of who are some guys. I mean, we've talked about a lot of them, but one of my final questions will be, who are some guys that you think if you had to bank on making an impact in the next year and getting calls up from like double A or triple A that you think we're going to see sooner rather than later? Uh, I think it was Waldo Cabrera definitely is one. He's got put on a 40 man. And like, he kind of, I guess he came out of like nowhere um, this season. But just some of the balls he would hit, like especially for how like fast and like agile he is, some of these balls he were he was hitting were just absolute moonshots. Um, and also having that switch hitting ability too, that he can he doesn't really have a weakness at the plate. Uh, so I think he can definitely make a big impact. Um, obviously Volpe or Peraza. Um, and I'll say like a third one could be trying to think. Yeah, give us an arm. I would say, uh, yeah, <laughs> an arm. Um, yeah. Man, I would say Stephen Ridings, uh, but he kind of, I think you guys already saw the sneak peek of him. We do like Ridings. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, definitely him. Uh, just, I played catch with him like, the, I want to say it was the day of his first bullpen in spring training. And like, <laughs> clear backdrop, everything. And I missed, I think, three balls out of the first five he threw to me. And I was just like, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, <laughs> like I'm not losing it and anything. Like, I just, I just can't see it. Um, the coaches were even like, are you all right? Like, like all these balls are going to the backstop. <laughs> and of course he goes in the bullpen. He's just sitting like 96 to 98. And like, a bit, like a 60, 70% bullpen. Uh, wow. So I think, yeah, I think he has he has a arm and a half on him. So I think that's one guy. Well, Hayden did tell me no one likes playing catch with him. I guess you told me a little bit part of the. I guess you told me part of the reason why no one enjoys catching the ball from him. Yeah, no, it's it's invisible, especially with how big he is, like and how hard it comes in. It's really hard to pick up. All right, so we're about to close it down. So we'll let you know a little bit of what we do, and then we'll let you go. But Run Talk Small B is our company. Here's the hat. It's a little logo right here. We're both aspiring reporters. Um, we have our website. We do articles, podcasting like here, and then we have a card shop as well. We go to cover baseball and football games, um, and we love doing these interviews with players. We're trying to get our feet wet a little bit more, so – I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And, brother, tell me about that football news you broke today. Oh, yeah. So I've had – I um I have a source that um been deep with the Giants and the uh, who 
tipped me off on, you know, Joe Schoen, Joe Schoen, however you say his name, who uh, was a Buffalo Bills assistant GM, was going to go to the Giants. He's very interested, and I tweeted it out, and it all worked. It literally uh, blew up because that's exactly what happened. My source was right with everything. So uh, I got so reported that. And then today I reported, I've been reporting for weeks, and today I just said Brian Dayball was expected to be the Giants head coach, and hours later he's the head coach. So uh, today, while we're doing this interview, my Twitter, my literally, I had to put my phone over here because just won't <laughs> stop going off. But uh, yeah, just because I, Julian and I both, you know, we report baseball. By also, uh, my passion is 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 football. So reporting for that. So big story today with that. So I got a lot of that going on. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep, we're trying to build a brand. We have our YouTube channels over 9,000 subs. Our website's Grunt Talks MLB. Our friends actually wrote an article about you. Have to get this in. He wrote an article, like a prospect report, like he's going through the rankings. We tagged you in and stuff. But, yep, we wrote a piece right. on you. So, yep, we're getting that working. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. Absolutely. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yes. Ken, we really appreciate you. We'll be in touch. We're going to post this at some point tomorrow. It's been a crazy day, but thank you so much. This was a great interview. Yeah, it was fun being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Best of luck during the season, and you're welcome on the show anytime. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Have Have a a great season.